0: This podcast is a segment of the book Godly Grit, scheduled for publication in late spring or early summer 2021. It will be available at Amazon as a Kindle ebook, in paperback, and as an audiobook. It is time to take a meaningful and honest inventory. What does it mean to be a human? What is your ultimate purpose? What do your thoughts, words, actions, and inactions reveal about you? Where is God changing your life? Are you passionate about knowing God? It is evident that we exist for more than just meeting our emotionally felt needs and desires, and we are more than our role or profession. If you claim to be a child of God, then where is the evidence? We must strive to be authentic. Values are often nothing more than self-soothing affirmations. Your priorities are the accurate revelation of your life direction. Virtues are where your values and priorities consistently align. How do you demonstrate your priorities? How do you use your time? In the pursuit of meeting needs and fulfilling roles, do you have any time or passion left for pursuing God? If you expect to move ahead in your walk with God, you need to be honest. If you could view your life played out in a movie, what would it tell us about your passion? Or have you fallen into the slump Of having no passion. If you live your life with the primary purpose of meeting needs or exercising a role, it may give you brief moments of counterfeit passion. Eventually, it will drain your grit and dissolve your remaining passion. You'll end up lukewarm or depressed. You cannot catch passion by chasing it. You become passionate when you are who you were meant to be, doing what you were meant to do. Your only hope of discovering who you are and what you were meant to do is when you passionately pursue knowing God. Man's purpose and calling are to know God. We need a clear number one priority to be the person God intends us to be. Our primary life priority should be to know God. In the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus teaches us in Matthew chapter 6, verses 33 and 34. So above all, consistently chase after the realm of God's kingdom and the righteousness that proceeds from him. Then all these less important things will be given to you abundantly. Refuse to worry about tomorrow, but deal with each challenge that comes your way one day at a time tomorrow, will take care of itself. What are you chasing after? Jesus teaches us that if we chase after the kingdom of God, all the rest, that is, the needs, desires, purposes, roles, responsibilities, and directions, will no longer need to be an over-consuming concern. Seek to know God, and the rest will fall into place. God is not hiding from us. He wants to reveal Himself to those who wholeheartedly seek Him, as recorded in Jeremiah 29, verse 13. And you will seek Me and find Me, when you search for Me with all your heart. So what does it mean to know God? We can only know God through His revelation, not through our efforts or rituals. We do the seeking, He does the revealing. We own a decent pair of walkie-talkies. Our grandchildren love to play with them when they play hide and seek. On occasion, I will take one of those walkie-talkies and join in the fun. Suppose I were to communicate to the grandkids through the walkie-talkies how much I love them, how precious they are, and that they are safe and have no need to worry. The message would have no meaning to them if their walkie-talkies were tuned into the wrong channel. It is much like this with our relationship with God. God is always on the right channel, revealing himself. We are often tuned into the wrong channel, hearing distracting static. Do you live a God-conscious life? Do you pause to consider what you are learning about God and what he reveals about himself? If you pause to look for God, you will have no problem finding him. If you have ever gone shopping for a car, say a white Toyota Camry, you will find as you drive down the road, there are many more white Toyota Camrys than you realized before you began your search. Now, you know these cars were there all the time, and the only thing that changed was the focus of your attention. It is much the same when it comes to knowing God. If we humble ourselves, pause, and are tuned in, we will see God reveal himself everywhere we look. I encourage you to start a God knowledge journal. It will change your life. At some point in your day, pause and write what you have learned about God today. It could be a list of what you observed in nature, like the wonder of a vast landscape that reveals God as a God of wonder. It could be an observation that reflects God as a God of beauty consider Psalms 19, verses 1 to 6. God's splendor is a tale that is told. His testament is written in the stars. Space itself speaks His story every day through the marvels of the heavens. His truth is on tour in the starry vault of the sky, showing His skill in creation's craftsmanship. Each day, gushes out its message to the next, night with night whispering its knowledge to all. Without a sound, without a word, without a voice being heard, yet all the world can see its story. Everywhere its gospel is clearly read, so all may know. What a heavenly home God has set for the sun, shining in the superdome of the sky. See how he leaves his celestial chamber each morning, radiant as a bridegroom, ready for his wedding, like the day-breaking champion eager to run his course. He rises on one horizon, completing his circuit on the other, warming lives and lands with his heat. Open your Bible. Ask the Holy Spirit to breathe life into the pages and to prepare your heart to know God. Write about what you learn. Read some of the fabulous Christian books on knowing God, like The Knowledge of the Holy by A.W. Tozer, The Power of Knowing God by Tony Evans, or The Attributes of God by Arthur Pink. Practice God-conscious living. Ask God to reveal himself. Because of Jesus, we have access to God the Father as recorded in Hebrews 10, verse 19. And now we are brothers and sisters in God's family because of the blood of Jesus. And he welcomes us to come right into the most holy sanctuary in the heavenly realm, boldly and with no hesitation. Pray as he instructed us to pray in Matthew 6, verses 9 to 13. Pray like this, Our Father, dwelling in the heavenly realms may the glory of your name be the center on which our lives turn manifest your kingdom realm and cause your every purpose to be fulfilled on earth just as it is fulfilled in heaven we acknowledge you as our provider of all we need each day forgive us the wrongs we have done as we ourselves release forgiveness to those who have wronged us Rescue us every time we face tribulation and set us free from evil. For you are the King who rules with power and glory forever. Amen. Don't wait for a disaster to start praying. Pray continually. God cares about your little stuff more than you care about your big stuff. Spend time with other believers who are seeking to know God. Share with others what you are learning about God and learn from them about what God is revealing. We need to encourage one another in our walk of faith. In God's economy, we get from God what we offer to others. As we just read in the Lord's Prayer, if we need God's forgiveness, we need to provide it to others. So if you need God to encourage you, then do what you can to inspire others. You will not be disappointed. God will answer your prayers. 2 Chronicles 7, 14 and 15 And my people, who are called by my name, humble themselves and pray and seek, crave, require as a necessity my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear them from heaven and forgive their sin and heal their land. Now my eyes will be open and my ears attentive to the prayer offered in this place." We have reason to be thankful. We are living in a time in history when the Holy Spirit is present and active as recorded in John 16, 13. But when the truth-giving Spirit comes, He will unveil the reality of every truth within you. He won't speak His own message but only what he hears from the Father. And he will reveal prophetically to you what is to come. God is not hiding. He wants to reveal himself to you. And the Holy Spirit is present as a guide. Humble yourself, pray, open your eyes for God's presence, and write your God-knowledge journal. So what is godly grit, and why is it necessary? Godly grit is Holy Spirit-infused perseverance and passion for knowing God and making Him known. Well then, if the Holy Spirit is the guide and God does the revealing, why do we need any grit at all? What is our role in getting to know God? Our role is the humble yourself part. To humble yourself takes godly grit. In our walk to know God, we will experience multiple distractions and obstacles that interfere with our ability to humble ourselves. The enemy wants you to believe that this life is all about you. The rest of this book deals with those many areas where we become self-centered and blinded by our self-focus. You will need more than simple resilience, perseverance, and passion to push through these obstacles. You will need Holy Spirit inspired godly grit. If you desire to live life to its full, live the abundant life discussed in scripture, then pause and meditate on Romans 8:5 through 13. Those who are motivated by the flesh only pursue what benefits themselves, but those who live by the impulses of the Holy Spirit are motivated to pursue spiritual realities. The mindset of the flesh is death, but the mindset controlled by the Spirit finds life in peace. In fact, the mindset focused on the flesh fights God's plan and refuses to submit to His direction because it cannot. For no matter how hard they try, God finds no pleasure with those who are controlled by the flesh. But when the Spirit of Christ empowers your life, you are not dominated by the flesh, but by the Spirit. And if you are not joined to the Spirit of the Anointed One, you are not of Him. Now Christ lives His life in you. And even though your body may be dead because of the effects of sin, His life-giving Spirit imparts life to you because you are fully accepted by God. Yes, God raised Jesus to life. And since God's spirit of resurrection lives in you, he will also raise your dying body to life by the same spirit that breathes life into you. So then, beloved ones, the flesh has no claims on us at all, and we have no further obligation to live in obedience to it. For when you live controlled by the flesh, you are about to die. But if the life of the spirit puts to death the corrupt ways of the flesh we then taste his abundant life. The Greek meaning of the word used for abundant means active, blessed, to have vital power, be fresh, be strong, and be efficient. The only way to know this abundant life is to grow in your knowledge of God. If you press in to know God, there are multiple benefits. Firstly, God will reveal himself to you. Knowing God is the first step to loving God, obeying God, serving God, and serving others. God loves us so we can love others. God forgives us so we can forgive others. To know God means you are living as God intended you to live. Living this way will ignite your passion. This passion will result in increased vitality, a reason to live, and a renewed freshness. This is the abundant life of John 10, verse 10 in action. If you do not have passion, you do not know God. Focus on knowing God and your passion will return. If you know God, you'll be more aware of God's voice. Romans 8:16. For the Holy Spirit makes God's fatherhood real to us, As he whispers into our innermost being, you are God's beloved child. The whispers of the Holy Spirit will give you direction and comfort. The presence of the Holy Spirit is the best grit booster and builder. If you are growing in your knowledge of God, you'll be living a life of increased gratitude in all things. Gratitude is an expression of faith. Gratitude is a statement that you believe God is in control and you can rest in that reality. If you are not grateful, you do not know God. You will know you are growing in your knowledge of God by how you see yourself changing. You should expect to see a progression in the development of the fruit of the Spirit as recorded in Galatians 5, and 23 but the fruit produced by the Holy Spirit within you is divine love in all its varied expressions, joy that overflows, peace that subdues, patience that endures, kindness in action, a life full of virtue, faith that prevails, gentleness of heart, and strength of spirit. Never set the law above these qualities, for they are meant to be limitless. Take an honest look at this fruit. If you are growing in your knowledge of God, there should be more fruit this year than last year. If you are not more loving, joyful, peaceful, patient, etc., then you need to question if you know God. If you are growing in your knowledge of God, you'll become less consumed by your life struggles and more aware of others' struggles. Are you aware of the hurt and oppression of your neighbor or coworker? Does your own experience of injustice blind you? Do you know God? One of the most exciting benefits of knowing God is that as a child of God, you get to proclaim his magnificent wonders. What an unbelievable honor. You are a child of God and you get to introduce your father to the world. If you seek to know God, he will help you uncover your voice to proclaim His majesty. To each of us has been given a unique voice. If we start with our primary life priority being to know God, the rest will fall into place. If you have the grit to seek God and know God, you will have the necessary grit for the other areas of your life. We need godly grit because of man's fallen nature, the spirit of Antichrist, and, and the battle with principalities and powers. The Holy Spirit will guide and comfort us, but we still need to put on Christ's armor and set aside the weights that limit us. Hebrews 12 verse one. As for us, we have all these great witnesses who encircle us like clouds. So we must let go of every wound that has pierced us and the sin we so easily fall into then we will be able to run life's marathon race with passion and determination. The path has already been marked out before us. We will have all the grit we need for fulfilling God's purpose when we let go of every wound and sin. The battle we face is in the letting go. We need to set aside the weights as they are uncovered, identify and pull down strongholds that keep us paralyzed, and wrestle against principalities and powers. Remember 2nd Chronicles 20 verse 15. The Lord says to you, be not afraid or dismayed at this great multitude, for the battle is not yours but God's. In Philippians three twelve to 19, Paul tells us about his God-seeking walk where he states, I admit that I haven't yet acquired the absolute fullness that I am pursuing. But I run with passion into His abundance so that I may reach the purpose that Jesus Christ has called me to fulfill and wants me to discover. I don't depend on my own strength to accomplish this. However, I do have one compelling focus. I forget all of the past as I fasten my heart to the future instead. I run straight for the divine invitation of reaching the heavenly goal and gaining the victory prize through the anointing of Jesus. So let all who are fully mature have this same passion, and if anyone is not yet gripped by these desires, God will reveal it to them. And let us all advance together to reach this victory prize following one path with one passion. My beloved friends, imitate my walk with God and follow all those who walk according to the way of life we have modeled before you. For there are many who live by different standards. As I've warned you many times, I weep as I write these words, they are enemies of the cross of the anointed one and doom awaits them. Their God has possessed them and made them mute. Their boast is in their shameful lifestyles And their minds are in the dirt. God is calling you. He is calling you to know him. If you are struggling with finding your calling or purpose in life, you will find it by seeking to know God. In knowing God, living your purpose, and exercising your God-given voice, you will find your godly grit will grow. To be Christ-like is to live our lives for the glory and honor of God as we demonstrate His love to others. It is living a legacy of love, not a legacy of our love. If that were the case, we would be doomed. It is living a life that demonstrates God's legacy of love towards us all. Press towards the mark. Set aside what is holding you back. Exercise your godly grit, find and use your voice, and live the abundant life that God has provided. You will have to stretch, but it is within reach.